Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. It is still the greatest and the best. Let's hear 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I sometimes wonder what was on God's mind when he spoke love into the world. God is love, and it makes sense that he would love the two people he created on day six of the phenomenal demonstration of supreme power that we call the creation. It makes all the sense in the world. But centuries later, having seen the wickedness of man towards his fellow being, having searched the heart of humans and found that we are desperately wicked, having watched the injustice of the Egyptians against the Hebrew community, having seen all of that and more, God in his supreme wisdom gives us an irrefutable commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And he seals it with these words, I am the Lord. In other words, this is not up for negotiation. God does not back off. In one instance in the New Testament, you hear a rich young man recite that very statement as the second greatest commandment, and Jesus endorsed the claim. Seriously? The history of mankind has been decorated with evil against humanity. The most atrocious and damning treatment against fellow humans are found in our history books. And yet the night before Jesus was crucified, the night when he was going to be betrayed by a member of his inner circle, we hear Jesus saying, A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus said it, and he meant every word. Somehow, God is determined to get us to love because of the power of love. Love is that thing that shatters the iniquitous relationships between human beings and leads us to do things that were otherwise unheard of. Such things as forgive, care, compassion, be kind to others. It actually seems possible. So God does know what he is talking about when he insists over the course of human history that there is no alternative, there is no way around it, that we must learn and practice love. 
I say learn, because when we learn God, when we get to know God, we come face to face with love. This great God who sent his son to this world in a place where we kill strangers first before he kills me, this world that seems to advance the gospel of hate and malice over kindness, this dark world was where God sent his son because he loved us so much. And he wanted his son to die and to make it possible for us to experience true love and to want to love our neighbors as ourselves. This God love empowers us to turn the other cheek when we have been slapped in the face on stages. This love that is the character of God makes us see humans as people made in the image and likeness of God and we grow to respect God's masterpiece in all of this creation. The text before us is the comprehensive tutorial of love, and we are made to realize that we must love, if in some small way we might win others for Christ. This is not just a recitation of, I love you guys from behind the podium, but rolling up your sleeve and help the poor, the homeless, the refugees in your community, giving your coat to the man who is shivering in the winter's night. Paul teaches love in a manner that makes you realize that you haven't begun to love when you hear that love never fails. Love perseveres. It is absolutely amazing. Yet I draw your attention to the epilogue of this great and mysterious passage. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Try arguing your way around that. Faith is what we do to please God. You need faith in this world. Hope is the expectation, the desire that a better day is coming. And the text says that these two plus love remain. But all other human attributes and characteristics fall away. Human achievements are overtaken by greater achievements. Faith falls away Hope falls away. The greatest of these is love. How so? How can love be greater than faith and how can love surpass hope? I tell you how. When we love, we are being obedient to God and that takes more than our best human effort. When we love, it is God living in us and revealing himself in this commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. Love is the greatest because God is the greatest. Let God reign in your life and he will let love conquer a multitude of evil because God is love. If you want to know more about this God who loves us so much, contact me through the following email address, friendofclyde at gmail.com.